It's Sports Talk with K-Walk and E. Scott, and we read it right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. The sports analyst that covers it all brings it all every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Sometimes they go into overtime. You don't want to miss these two former college football athletes, the Who Dat and Niner Gang, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Bang Bang Niner Gang. It's Sports Talk with K-Walk and E. Scott, and we read it right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Good evening, good evening, good evening. It is Wednesday, 7 p.m., so that means you are tuned in to Sports Talk with K-Walk and E. Scott right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, we've got a good one in store for you uh, this evening. Uh, we're going to talk, uh, we're gonna talk some college football. We're going to talk some Colorado uh, Buffaloes and Coach Prime and uh, that collapse or letdown, if you will. Got to dive into that for sure. We're going to talk some NFL. Jets beat the Eagles. Um, what that means for the Eagles. Uh, Jalen Hurst throws at three interceptions. We'll dive into that. My 49ers lose to the Browns. That's just so, those so disheartening for me, ladies and gentlemen. But I'll, I'll push through it nonetheless. I'm a trooper. <laughs> also, we're going to talk about the, uh, you know, we'll talk about uh, the Saints. We'll talk about the Patriots. They lose again. Um, what's going on with that organization? We'll talk about that. Bill Belichick as well. Dallas Cowboys bounce back from their loss against the 49ers. Uh, I'm going to preview the Jags and Saints. Tomorrow night for sure, and then uh, also we're going to talk um, talk uh, some uh, Ohio State, Penn State, some Mel Tucker news uh, as well. We got a plethora on the board for you, ladies and gentlemen. And of course, to end the in the show, we got East Scott's entertainment segment at the end of the show. Um, for with that being said, let's bring in Mr. East Scott. Mr. East Scott, how are you doing this evening, my brother? Me and you, your mama and your cousin too. Rolling down the strip on Vogue, coming up slamming cattle like those. <laughs> what up, K Walk? All is well, all is well. My man coming through, coming coming in smoother than Jada Pickett Smith's head. Yeah, I had to throw that in there. <laughs> I had to throw Jada Pickett Smith in there for the show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we are tuning to everything for sure. All right, good stuff there, E man. Um, yeah, let's dive right into it, E man. We got we got a lot going on, and your 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 segment is going to be a big one tonight. And um, hopefully we get some get some 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 big ballers, uh, if you will, some big callers, I should say, uh, for that show. I'm looking forward to that um, for that segment. E, let's jump into. Uh, I want to jump into Colorado. I want to I want to start off with there and um, Coach Prime and as you you call him, Coach Prime and them. Um, was up twenty nine nothing against Stanford. Uh, this was a Friday night game, uh, almost a, almost a week ago. But sorry, ladies and gentlemen, we only get a, uh, once a week to do this. But um, they were up twenty nine nothing. E they they come back, uh, or Stanford comes back and and takes that game uh, from them. E I know uh, Coach Prime had a you know big time speech after the game, uh, but I don't know how much of the game you got to see. I know I fell asleep throughout it. I caught the end of it. I caught the beginning, some of the middle, and but I definitely caught the end of it. I did fall asleep and, and then wake up. But what say you about this game, the outcome, and what this means for Colorado going forward? So I ride with Coach Prime. I, I do. You do. 
but you do. I, I, it, it, they start to get wear on my nerves. Okay, my patience get thin with them. Okay, well, because okay. I mean, if you're gonna be Coach Prime, I have no problem with you being Coach Prime, but I'm gonna need you to win football games consistently. So I'm with you. I'm watching the game, and it's a walk in the park. They go up twenty nine nothing. I'm laying in the bed, so I doze off. And I wake up, you know how sometimes you wake up, because I didn't turn the TV off. I normally do, but I left right. it on. So I wake up, and I'm a little disoriented. I don't really know what's going on, because, you know, when you sleep, but you have something like the TV or the radio on, your brain right. is still working. So you're not trying to sleep. So my right. brain has still been watching. But when I wake up, I don't know what's going on. I don't know where I am. <laughs> so I started watching, and I see Stanford start to come back. Not only did they come back, because I saw the end, they win the football game. And I'm like, wait a minute. The part that I watched when I was awake, Colorado was dominant. What did I miss? What happened? So it it questions me to believe it or not from what I can see, and I did go back and watch my life. Travis Hunter has no business plan. He's not healthy. you got to sit that young man out and let him fully heal because he's going to play on Sundays, barring an injury. That's in his future. So give his body a chance to heal. I know if you ask him, he's going to say, yeah, Coach, I can go. But you need to step in and, and, you know, save him from himself because he got cooked. The the plays that I saw, it's almost his fault they lost. I mean, because they felt he was like a wounded animal. And and, and Stanford kept going at him with great success. And then now Shadour did all Shadour could do. But um, where was the big tight end, the white boy? Where was he? Because that's usually Shadour's safety blanket. I didn't see him, you know, do much or whatever. But, yeah, it's obvious Travis Hunter is not healthy. You need to go ahead and sit him. And, again, so but here's one thing I do need from Coach Ryan. If you're going to be flamboyant with the wins, I need you to be flamboyant with the losses too. Thank because you. it's almost like Coach Ryan has gone away. Like some people want Jada Pickett-Smith to do, go away. <laughs> and some people feel like that about Coach Ryan. But it is like Coach Ryan has gone away. And if you're going to go away for the losses, you can't come back for the wins. You just got to pick a lane and stay in it. Yeah, e, and, and I, I definitely agree with you there. And this is something that I was talking about at the beginning of the season because, you know, the way he started, and, and I know a lot of people, you know, may think that I was hating on Coach Prime and, and Colorado, but that wasn't the case at all. I just been I, I just know football. I know football, and, and I've just seen so much of it. I've watched so much of it, and I know that the highs can be the highs. But there's going to be some lows throughout the season. I don't care how, how well you start in the beginning of the season or, you know, there's going to be highs and lows throughout the season. And I just wanted to see, you know, how they would react when the lows became the lows. And then that's, they showed exactly what I thought they would show. Well, I, well, I don't say I thought. I just wanted to see. I, I didn't think they would, you know, shy away from the flamboyancy, and I didn't think they would continue with the flamboyancy. I just wanted to see what their reaction would be because we all know that during trying times and when you're losing, that's going to show, show your true character. Because winning is going to make it seem like everything is sunshine and rainbows. It's not always going to be that way. 
And Coach Prime is, ta- is, is shying away from that, exactly what you mentioned. We don't see the sunglasses, or, you know, we do, but it's, it's, it's not the same confidence that it is. It's not the same swag as it was in the beginning. And you've got to carry that, you know, carry that same swag like you mentioned, E. You know, whether you're, you win by 10, you win by 1, or you win by 100, you've got to continue that confidence because all you have to say is there's no excuses in sports. There's no excuses in life at all, period. But when you come out, you got to say, okay, well, we didn't do this well, or we didn't do that well. They did this better than we did, or whatever the case may be. You break down the game, and and you go based off of that. And but he seems to, you know, shy away from. He's, you know, he's 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 moving away from that. He's not being himself. And this is what I'm saying: Is this real? Is is Coach Prime and that swag and all that and all these, you know, all these, you know, you know. Uh, T-shirts and everything, these slogans are being made. I got receipts, things of that nature. Where is that at? You know, where is that at? You got to keep it going, and you got to say, listen, okay, we got hit today. We got beat today, but we'll bounce back. I want him to still carry that same swag, man, because losing shouldn't take away swag. Either you got it or you don't. Either you keep it or you don't. But that's my thing with, with, with this E, and this is a, it's a tough loss, man. It's a, it's a tough loss. I think they kind of felt themselves um, in that game, you know, we're up to being up 29 nothing, which a lot of people thought they should have won the game, maybe not 20 by 29 points, but, but they should have won the game, you know, based off of how they started, you know, how they started the season, you know, winning and things of that nature. But now it's starting to come, they're starting to come back down. I don't want to say come back down to earth because we, we really don't know where they're, you know, where they were supposed to be until the end of the season is. You know, a lot of people had them going, like, in the first five games. I think a lot of people had them going two and three, some one and four. I was on that boat, one and four, you know, looking at the schedule. And that was beginning of the season before anything started. But now, you know, right now they're in a position that they may not win six games, E. What say you? What chance do you give them? Winning six games, and we say six games because that makes you bowl eligible. Will they be bowl eligible um, once the season has uh, commenced? Okay, I'm going to answer that question in two ways. And the first way, I'm going to answer it the K-Walk and East Scott way, conspiracy. So (laughs) there you go. Colorado is going to bring a lot of viewership to whatever bowl they go to. And they need to win six games to be bowl eligible. Now, it's not yeah. going to be a big bowl, but it's going to be a bowl nonetheless. Not, nonetheless. Which, which generates bowl money, which generates mm-hmm. TV money, which generates money for the school. The NCAA sees that. And you know, because they mm-hmm. take every opportunity to monetize where they can. With Absolutely. that being said, yes, they're going to win six games and barely squeak okay. into somebody's bowl. Now, to answer it, just as a football fan, as an analyst, as as a member of K-Walk and East Coast Show, you know they're <laughs> going to win six games. Because they go up 29 to nothing yeah. against a team that they were way better than. 29 to nothing, and they let this team come back and beat them? I mean, if you win six games, it'll be completely <laughs> lucky. It's not scripted. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just something that you may happen to do. Is it possible? Yes, because I've seen you play a great football against game against USC, whereas USC has one of the most high-powered offenses in the country, and you went toe-to-toe with them. But then I also saw you play on Friday night <laughs> where you yeah. went out there and dropped the deuce in the bed. So I, 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 can't, <laughs> I, I, I can't really 
analyze this team, if you will, K. Wall. But if we go with that first theory of mine, which I'm quite sure you agree with at least some of I it. Do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. Because the money's on the table, and we both know that NC2A is not going to leave money on the table. Facts, uh, Ian, I definitely agree with you there wholeheartedly. You know, as a conspiracy theorist in me, uh, as, as you, agrees with that. You know, when you look at the season and, and the way that, the, you know, the season started, you know, uh, you know they, they beat Nebraska uh, in the fashion that they did. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Let me go back. They, they beat TCU. Um, in the fast 45-42, a lot of people say, okay, they can play, they can play, def- they can play offense, but they can't play defense. You know, they have to tighten up that defense, I should say. Then they go to, the, they play Nebraska at home. They beat him, beat them by what 22. Then they go to Colorado State. They beat them, another high-scoring game. Then they go to Oregon and they just get, you know, completely wiped out of the, the stadium there, and rightfully so because. <clears throat> Oregon at the time it was a playoff contender, um, beat them 42 to six. And a lot of people are saying, okay, next week at USC they, it might be the same inco- uh, outcome. But they they came back in that game. They, they showed a lot of character, a lot of fight in that team. They wound up losing by one touchdown. Then they go to Arizona State and they barely beat Arizona State. I know they didn't have their best players in these games that I'm mentioning. Like these last, what? Um, let me see the last. Uh, they didn't play in. He didn't play in Oregon, meaning Travis Hunter didn't play in. Kyle, uh, didn't play in USC and didn't play in Arizona State. Then they feel like you know bring him back in, in Stanford. And I agree with you, E, that he should have been held out. I think what he had it a, a lacerated liver. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then that's that's nothing to play with, man. That, that's nothing to, to play with. No, I mean, not, not, no pun intended, but that's nothing to mess with, uh, for sure. So right now, you look at their schedule going forward. They got UCLA. A lot of people want to chalk them up as a loss there. They got Oregon State. Hey, that's 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 a tough road to hoe right there. Um, if you're if you're a betting person or if you if you know sports, if you know football, you're gonna chalk that up as as a loss. You got Arizona and and Buffalo and and uh, you know I mean in uh, in Colorado that should be a winning. That should be a win. But we we've seen we've seen other things. And then they have Washington State. A lot of people don't have them winning that game, and then they end the season uh, with at Utah. That may be a loss. So they they have to win that Arizona game. I mean, that's the only – if you look at the remaining schedule, that Arizona game looks like it's the only really winnable game uh, right now, and they need that to, in order to win, uh, in order to get to, to be a playoff uh, team. Or, I mean, I'm sorry, a bowl-eligible team. I don't know, E. I, I just don't know. I think they'll get it right. I think they just need that, you know, start off with, you know, with, uh, you know, with uh, UCLA. They have to come in and be competitive, man. They have to be competitive just like they were at the end of the game at USC. If they can show that fight in the beginning of the game against Stanford, you know, they can show I mean, they they can get in there, E. But I, I'm agreeing with you. I don't – I see it and I don't see it at the same time. It's hard for me to like to put a finger on it, but I think that you know they'll be in a bowl game and there'll probably be a bowl game that um, they'll get in that'll be a close enough game for the Colorado Buffalo fans to be able to travel to. You know what I mean? Uh, because yeah, it'll they, allow. It. You're you're absolutely right. If they can get to six wins, they'll get a bowl invite. Now it may mm-hmm. be a bowl that we have never heard of. It may yeah. be the SOS Jody Wiley Bowl, but they will they will get 
an invite, you know, to said mm-hmm. bowl because, like you said, it's going to be regional. They're not going. Mm-hmm. They're not going to have a bowl on the East Coast, the Dirty South, mm-hmm. maybe the Midwest, but more than likely, it's going to be in the Mountain West or the Pack. <laughs> it's where this bowl right. is going to be, and it might be a bowl that's currently not even on the books. It might be right. a made-up bowl because, again, you got to capitalize on this Coach Prime train while you can. But for the train to keep rolling, they're going to have to get a couple of more victories because if they drop all this, all these games and you just went through the schedule, it's highly likely that they're yeah. going to drop some of them. But they need to – they need to finish on a good note. Otherwise, you're not going to get a bowl invite if, if, if the coach prime train is stalled at the station. Yeah, you for sure. Have, you, like y'all favorite word, momentum. you got to have some <laughs> momentum going into the end of the season. All right, good stuff, man, good stuff. Yeah, man, I mean, you referenced Jody Wiley, man, so I guess in this case they're looking for a new love, man. They're in Colorado <laughs> looking for a new love, so let's just reference that there. And ladies and gentlemen, if, you, if you're a new, if you're a first-time listener, you, if you don't know, um, I'm a believer in momentum. Uh, e. Scott is not, okay? E. Scott thinks it's a made-up thing, so, you know, we don't argue about no, it. No, no, with right. the caveat, in-game yeah. momentum does exist. I, I will okay. admit that. Right. Again, especially, especially in basketball, if they running you up and down the court, hey, dog, you need to time out to stop this momentum. The momentum <laughs> I don't believe in is when, okay. you, when a team wins on Saturday, and then you're talking about, oh, they got momentum going into next year. <laughs> no, they don't. No, they're completely. They're not playing the same dudes they played last Saturday. There's no momentum. But, yeah. Okay. That, that's a good argument there. That's a good argument there, man. I'm not mad at that, man. You, you sound like my man uh, Jamie Foxx in The Burial. I don't know if you guys <laughs> watched that movie. Watch that movie. Check that out, The Burial. Um, awesome movie there with, with him and Tommy Lee Jones. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, good stuff there, E. Uh, you know, great stuff there uh, as always. All right, I want to I want to switch gears here a little bit, E. We'll come we'll we'll come back to. Um, College football, uh, time permitting, of course, because uh, we got a lot of topics on, on the board for you guys, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I want to talk about NFL. I want to switch over to the NFL. E, and there were some some big time games or some big time uh, you know outcomes, I, I should say. Some we didn't see, um, two we didn't see, uh, to be perfectly honest with you. Now. And I'll start with the uh, I'll start with the uh, the New York Jets beating the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. I'll start there, man. You know, a lot of people thought that the Eagles would go in there. They've never, they've never lost to the Jets. They were, I think, 12 and 0 going into that matchup on Sunday. Uh, Jalen Hurts goes in there and he throws three interceptions. E, and I'm not talking about three interceptions where, well, one was it was thin and and bounced to a lineman. So I'll, I'll I'll take that off the board for him. You know, as far as it counts, nonetheless, on a stat sheet. But nonetheless, uh, it was an interception. So I'll take that away from him. But he threw two that should have been uh, pick sixes, and they they were throws. E, and I don't know how much of the game you got to watch, or how much of the highlights, or you know how much you dissected it. You're, you're you you always dialed in because you know when we talk about something, you know you're going to come on here with you know doing your homework. But what was your thoughts on Jalen Hurts, man, and the way he looked? Was that more so Jalen Hurts just not seeing the field, or do you give more credit to the Jets and then their preparation and their execution of, of their game plan? Uh, what say you about this game? And um, and also was it um, 
Do you do you think I'm gonna get? This is a two-part question, or maybe a three-part question. Are they was it more that uh, the Jets are underrated or the Eagles are overrated? But I'll let you take it away, brother. Okay, first let's start here. I give absolutely yeah. no credit to the Jets. I like Robert Sala, but I'm watching them, K. Walk. And I don't think they would be that much better with A.A. Ron. Yes, granted, they will oh. be better because Zach Wilson is awful, but I don't think that they're the great football team that people thought that they were. Now, with that being said, I do think it's a case, more of a case of Philly being overrated because if you watch Philly, okay, I know we're going to get to San Fran and Cleveland here in just a second, but let me right. say this. San Fran is a dominant football team. Yes, they took an L on Sunday, but they are a dominant football team. The Eagles, the Eagles 5-0 and was insurance fraud. The Eagles have not <laughs> dominated anybody this year. Yes, wow. they have won five straight games, but not in dominant fashion, not in the way that San Francisco wins games. Now, granted, I'm not trying to take anything away from the Eagles, because they right. were 5-0 and they wanted to feed it. But when I watch them, okay, well, I don't, I don't, I like, when I'm looking at my pick sheet and I'm picking games for the week, I don't mm-hmm. automatically pick the Eagles. I got to see who they're playing at and see, you know, what their team's about. With San Fran this year, I just pick San Fran and don't even look into it. But <laughs> like I said, because, like, my son called me, well, I called my son on Sunday after the game, and the first mm-hmm. thing he asked me, he said, Dad, what do you think about the touch push? And I said, well, I'll be a for it. I said, because, first of all, if it was such an illegal play, more teams would do it. And he was right. like, yeah, you know, Jalen Hurts squats 600 pounds. And I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I know. He was like, so we were in agreement. you got to have the athletes to do the touch push. So sure. I'm not against it, but – the touch push has saved them on several different situations. Again, I don't think that they are a dominant football team. I do think they're an above-average football team. Again, I'm not saying they trash, but That's... I don't think that they, they are the team that people think that they are. So in this particular case, I do think it was more of them being overrated because the Jets are just not impressive. If the Jets are kind of like, okay, the football guys took A.A. Ron against, away from them, but it's giving them <laughs> everything else. All yeah. the bounces, all the close games, it's giving them everything else. So, yeah, that's, that's where I am on that game. Yeah, for sure. And I have to agree with you there, man, because I'm looking at – I didn't – you know, going in, I didn't pick the I, – I didn't know how to pick the game, to be honest with you. Because I, like you mentioned, I, I think that the, the Eagles were overrated. I think they were overrated. You look at every single one of their games, none of the games that they had were uh, – was um, – uh, you know, was convincing wins. If you look at their games, they, they had to come back to win a lot of the games that they were behind, um, you know, things of that nature, and, and they had to make it happen there or something had to go their way. So uh, with that being said, man, I just didn't know what to – I just I, – I felt that the Eagles were going to win. If you had to tell me, you know, if you had to put a gun to my head and say, uh, you know, Okay, okay, Walk. What's who are you going to take? I said, I'm going to take the Eagles here because of the fact of the matter. They never lost to the Jets. You know, the Jets have, you know, Zach Wilson at the helm, um, and, you know, and it's the Eagles, and they've been, they've been finding a way to win. I would have taken the Eagles in that, but when you watch that game, and, and I just don't know what it is. I put a lot of that, and generally I don't put a lot of it on one player, but anytime that that one player is a quarterback, especially in Jalen Hurts, and a lot of people want to put him in that top-tier quarterback uh, category, um, he just looked like he was just really lost, uh, in, in my opinion, man. He really looked like he was lost. And some of those, those, two, those two interceptions that he threw, he, he threw, 
was right at the guys, and they they should have been pick sixes in my in my opinion. You know, they allowed that lineman to, to you know to track them down. But I mean, that's a story for a different day. I mean, a topic for a different day. But nonetheless, e, I agree with you there, man. I just think that the Eagles are a little bit overrated. I put them in my top five. I have them in my top three because of the fact of the record. They they are five and one. And when you look at the teams behind them that I have anyway in my rankings, they could very well, you know, you could make a strong case that they could be in front of the Eagles. But since the Eagles have been winning, you have to put in there because whether you win by, like Vin Diesel said or Dominic Toretto said, if you win by an inch or you win by a mile, a win is a win. Winning is winning. So I, that's why I put them in my in, in my top three, uh, you know, especially for this week. But I agree with you. They haven't played anybody. I mean, they, they really haven't played anybody, and they haven't blown anybody out either. So that's, you know, that's con- not concerning. But you really, you, well, it goes to the, answer the question, are they overrated or are they just underrated? But I agree with you there. I think the, the Eagles are a little bit overrated, man, uh, in my opinion. And, E, they, and, you know, we're going to get into this later, but they got a tough one on uh, Sunday night, man. We got, they got a tough one Sunday night, but we'll we'll dive into that uh, uh, for sure. Now, E, let me, before we move on real, to the fourth, go ahead, real, go ahead, e. real, real quick about the Eagles. If mm-hmm. you look at the Minnesota Vikings, before mm-hmm. they lost Justin Jefferson, Minnesota was just as good, if not better, than the Eagles. However, okay. their record didn't show it. Because they mm-hmm. were losing. Because I told you a couple of weeks ago, that's the best on three football team. <laughs> that's the best on three <laughs> yeah, team in football. They just yeah. they just can't win. So, mm-hmm. like I said, I, I think that they are a, a more cohesive team than the Eagles have shown me thus far. However, they just saw JJ. So yeah, it's a wrap up there. Yeah, I, I hope so, man. I really hope so. All right, let's do this. Hey, let's grab our first break here, man. I didn't realize it was that. We were 25 past the hour. So I definitely want to go grab a break here. When we come back, I want to ask you two things. I want to ask you to stay on the Eagles talk, and I want to ask you about the signing of Julio Jones, what that means, how significant uh, is it, if it is at all, and then we'll dive into the 49ers uh, loss against the, uh, the Browns um, as well. And so much more for sure. All right, ladies and gentlemen, again, if you don't already know, it's Sports Talk with Kay Walk and E. Scott on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. We're taking a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, guys, this is Jaquan J. Kelly, a.k.a. Jamel Reef, master killer of Wu-Tang and American Saga on Hulu. You're listening to Sports Talk with Kay Walk and E. Scott. They're taking a quick break, and they'll be right back. Your skin isn't just skin. It's a beautiful reflection of every single thing you've been through in life. Which is why Dove Body Wash removes your skin's ceramides and strengthens it against dryness for instantly softer, smoother skin you can lovingly embrace. Renew the love for your skin with Dove Body Wash. CampLyman.com is an opportunity for my big boys to come get some work. Let's put it all together. But we built from the ground up. You know, our cliche is it all starts up front. Once again, start, stance, hand placement, hand separation, get offs, counter moves, a little bit of everything. Polish up those skills before your middle school or high school season began. Just come work on your craft. Once again, CampLyman.com. And we are back. 
And again, ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned in to Sports Talk with K-Walk and E. Scott right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Uh, before the break, ladies and gentlemen, if you're just, uh, ladies and gentlemen, excuse me, joining us, uh, we were talking Colorado, Coach Prime, uh, their loss against uh, Stanford. We also uh, talked NFL, uh, Jets going down to the, uh, the Jets beating the Eagles, excuse me, and um, what that means for the, the Eagles going forward. We'll definitely dive into both of these teams a little bit later. But uh, I want to talk about um, the signing of the Eagles. Let's stay on the Eagles talk here, E. And they signed Julio Jones, um, you know, 30, was he, I think he's 34 years old, um, you know, seven-time Pro Bowler. I mean, his, his resume speaks for itself, uh, to be perfectly honest with you. But he, he's been out um, He's been out of football for you know, for a little bit. Uh, I know he's, his last team was with, with the um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he, even in his prime, man, even in his prime, uh, Julio Jones um, has been known to be injury-prone. Um, but so with that being said, he's 34 now, been out of football shape for, for, for a minute. Um, how much does he have left in the tank, if anything? And two, what, what was the signing? I don't understand the signing here for the Eagles, but what do you think they were reaching for? A veteran presence? Uh, what say you? Desperation. When, when, when Tampa signed Quinteris, that's what his mama named him. Mama when, named when, him. when, 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 Tampa signed him. I told y'all then. It's over. Mm-hmm. Remember, we had this conversation like, oh, we, you were, you were. I'm like, no, not at all. Because they're not getting the Quinteras that played with Atlanta. They're getting mm-hmm. this old, bad, this battered up, beat up version. <laughs> like you said, he was injury prone in his prime. He's an mm-hmm. old man now, an elder statesman. I didn't even know he was out of football, K Walk. I mean, like, <laughs> his, like, for example, when they said they signed him, I'm like, oh. I didn't know he didn't have a team. Like, for example, he's not—he's not Terrell Owens. Like Terrell Owens, we know he's not playing football, but we know he's not playing. If you Chad Ochocinco, not playing. But when when they said Julio was signing, I'm like, oh, he—he's still in the league, or he out the league? I mean, I—I I completely forgot about this dude because he's—he's. He's, He's a he's a, a a horse that they had put out to pasture. You know, he, yeah. he they didn't want to put him down, but they just gonna go and let him, you know, ride off into the sunset on his own. And <laughs> right. so by the Eagles find him, I don't know really what they're looking for. I mean, maybe the brother just needed a job and he knew some people. I mean, because veteran presence, I don't know if he really provides that because Yeah. Has he ever been a leader? Has he been outspoken? I, I, I don't know. And I, I don't think they're – I mean, they got A.J. Brown. They don't yeah. need Julio. Julio can't saying. do nearly the things that A.J. Brown can do. They got that boy, the Smith boy, Oliver, uh, Atlanta, um, Alabama. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, Julio can't no longer do those type things. I mean, I would say move him to tight end, but then they got – what's your boy name? Ertz? The, the the big time. Oh no no, uh, Dallas Dallas Goddard. Goddard, yeah yeah him. You know they they mm-hmm. interchangeable. But yeah, they got Goddard <laughs> over there. So maybe they can move Quinteros to tight end. I, I don't know, but I, I, he he's not a possession receiver. He's no longer fast. And these are not shots towards Quinteros, ladies and gentlemen. No, it's just that it's over. Hey man, it's time to move on. You know, hopefully you took care of your money. I mean, but maybe he didn't. And he needed maybe like Adrian Adrian Peterson because you know they said Adrian Peterson made so many bad investments. He'd be playing now if somebody pick him up. Not because he wants to. It's because he got bills. 
Facts. Yeah, man. I yeah, I don't understand this this move because if you look at what what has transpired, you know, for, for the Eagles this year, AJ Brown is now stepping his game. Well, not stepping his game up. He's always had his game. Is now getting fed right now because of what happened. Because, you know, remember that situation where you know a couple of weeks ago where he was caught on on film having an altercation, a verbal altercation with Jalen Hurts. Ever since that altercation, now it's been, you know, A.J. Brown has, I think, had a, has had 125-plus yards in, I think, four or five um, consecutive games, which is an NFL uh, record uh, right now. And now Devontae Adams is – I mean, Devontae Adams. Devontae, Devontae Smith is um, – now he's crying for the ball. Now, Devontae Adams – I mean, oh, my goodness. Devontae Smith is, is – uh, constantly, you know, crying for the ball, but every time Jalen Hurts throws him the ball, he's not catching it, he's dropping it, or whatever the case may be. He's getting open, but he's just not catching the ball. So you, it's got to you got to ask yourself, why are they bringing in Julio Jones of all people? Why not, you know, why not go out there and and make a trade because the Eagles are not shy of making a trade. We all know that they're not. You know. Um, uh, Howie uh, Rosen, uh, you know Rosen is the guy who's quick to pull the trigger. Look, look what he look what he did on you know drafting. He got AJ Brown in there. He's got DeAndre Swift in there. You know he made the trades you know and the picks that he's made. So he's a guy who's always um, looking to improve his team, and there's nothing absolutely wrong with that. But to bring in a Julio Jones, it's kind of mind boggling to me here. E. I don't know if he's just trying to bring in a big body guy. He doesn't trust Devontae Adams' size there. That's the only thing that I can think of right now. But there are other big-body guys out there who, who are in football shape right now that you can go out and, you know, you can go out and get, you know, on, on the market right now. But to bring in a, a 34-year-old, you know, guy who was known to be hurt when he was in, you know, when he was in his prime is mind-boggling to me for sure. And you look at, you know, some of their players, I mean, they don't have big – outside of – you know, outside of uh, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, they don't really have, uh, you know, a receiver that you can really say, okay, is he going to scare? He's going to scare us. And with Jalen Hurts not being able to get the ball to these guys, man, you got to rely. I, I think they're going to go with these with Julio Jones and be big body guys and just just have physical receivers. I, that's the only thing I could think of. I'm just trying to make sense of it as much as I possibly can with this particular move. But, you know, if you, you know, I don't, I don't know if you heard anything out of Philly's camp and why they made this move and what they feel like Julio can bring to the table. But I'm curious to see that. I got to look that up for sure, but uh, I'll definitely do that. But it's definitely mind boggling to me. Anyway, um, Next game here, man. I want to talk about is my 49ers uh, losing to the uh, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, they go in that game, man, uh, and um, it's a lot of people were saying, oh, it's a trap game or not a trap game, but it's a game that you know that, that the Browns could win. I was I was kind of worried about this game because it was a, it was a matchup problem for the 49ers because. Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns, uh, they do have a great defense. They do have a great defense, but I just thought that you know Kyle Shanahan would just it would be it wouldn't be like a blowout or anything like that. I just thought it would be a ground a, a, the game that it actually was. That's what the, the the Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers fans expected it to be a ground and pound game in the dog pound. 
and but we still thought that the 49ers would win. But watching this game, e, I don't know if you how much of you got to watch, but watching this game, and if you didn't, seeing exactly what transpired in this game, uh, what did you take out of this? Were the 49ers exposed? Um, you know, uh, you know, Brock Purdy brought down to earth that you know, or was it just uh, a matter of them not having Debo, not having McCaffrey for the majority of the game? Just give me your thoughts and opinions on, on the outcome of this game. The any given Sunday. On any given Sunday, yeah. any team can win. And I nice. think this was just a case that uh, <clears throat> Cleveland, because Cleveland playing, you know, without the little nasty boy. So without the little nasty boy back there, I didn't, I didn't think that they had a shot at all. But, you know, sometimes football going football. And yeah. um, I always say that about <laughs> – the Super Bowl that Tom Brady's first Super Bowl against the greatest show on turf. If you play that game 30 minutes later after it ended, uh, uh, the Rams win that game, you know, all day, every day. But, you know, every now and then again, like I said, football is going to football, and any and given Sunday stuff's going to happen. That's what I talked about, too, because I don't think Kyle Shanahan called a bad game. I don't think Purdy had a bad game. But, yeah, you're missing Debo, you're missing Christian McCaffrey, and it's just, you know, the stars just lined up for Cleveland in yeah. this one, and they were able to go out and, you know, get it done. I mean, there's a reason no team since the 72 Dolphins have been perfect Facts. the whole season winning the Super Bowl. Football is very hard. I mean, New England came close, but they lost the Super Bowl to the Giants. Super so, Bowl. I mean, it's a, it, it's a hard game to go undefeated in. And I still think San Francisco is one of the best teams in the league, and I do think that they are much better than Cleveland. Yeah, and, and, you know, I'm going to speak as a 49er fan first, and then I'm going to speak as, you know, just, you know, um, an analyst. But um, actually, I'm going to flip it around. I'm going to speak as an analyst, and then I'll speak as a 49er fan. But as an analyst, man, you, you look at this game, and as I, as I mentioned it was a matchup problem for this because the, uh, the Cleveland Browns quietly have the best defense in the league. We talked about the 49ers defense. We talked about the Cowboys defense. We talked about the Jets defense and, you know, uh, to going in as far as the top defense. But rarely people talked about this Cleveland Browns defense. And Jim Jim Schwartz, uh, the, uh, the former head coach of the Detroit Lions, um, is a great defensive coordinator. And when you have guys like, you know, Miles Garrett on that defensive line, and then you have guys on the back end like uh, 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 Derek Ward there, you know, they, 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 they play well together. They, they, they're very physical. And the 49ers, they generally match up. You know, the only time that you see, like, a, a defense like this is when they're playing against themselves in practice for the most part. And I thought they handled it well, you know, despite the fact of the matter that Deshaun Watson wasn't there. You know, I, I thought that, Kevin Stefanski, the head coach there, and the offensive coordinator there, had a, they, they all had a great game plan, and, uh, and they executed it uh, to the T, obviously, because they, they won the game. And when you look at it that way, you know, the 49ers, and, and a lot of people are saying, well, Brock Purdy, um, you know, he, he's not good under pressure. But I don't know how many quarterbacks are really good under pressure. Oh, you, you know, he's no good without his weapons. Stupidest thing I've ever heard when I hear somebody, <laughs> I hear somebody say that. Stupidest thing I've ever heard. If you say that's that, like bring, you, that's like bringing a knife going. to a gunfight. Yeah, yeah, you're not you know good without I mean? your gun. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? I can't stand that, man. You're dumb as a donut for saying that. So I don't know what quarterback is good without his weapons. But anyway, oh, look, Brock Purdy. Okay, granted. All right, Brock Purdy threw his first interception of the year. Moody, people will say, well, you drafted him third round, you know, and he should have made those. Yeah, up until that game, Brock Purdy had zero interceptions. 
uh, Jake Moody uh, had he, he was ten for ten, you know, field goals. So you know, you go in there and you expect these guys to, to continue to be that until they're not that, you know. And then they, they they bounce back. That's the adjustments that you make. So with that being said, yeah, I, I think that the Forty ers as bad as they looked on offense. And they didn't really look bad on defense. You know, they only gave up, about 19 points. And any time you go into an NFL game and you say you're going to go into an NFL game and you come out of it and say, well, you, you aren't going to, you're only going to give up 19 points. I, th- I guarantee 32 teams in the league will sign up for that each and every week. If you only give up 19 points, you expect to win that game each and every week. 49ers had a chance to win that game. Our good buddy, I think it's uh, our good buddy, uh, Special K, always says 20, 21 points. <laughs> That's all it took. That's all it would have taken if 49ers would have hit that field goal. So with that being said, that's the analyst in me. If, if the fan in me right now is saying, okay, I, I liked the way they responded at the end. Because my favorite saying, ladies and gentlemen, if you're, not a, if you're a first-time listener, my favorite saying, a long-time listener you know, is you don't have to be great all of the time. You just have to be great when you need to be. So the 49ers weren't great all of, in, in that entire game for the most part of that game, but they were great when they needed to be up into the field goal. Because Brock Purdy, as bad as he was, he looked after that first drive, he looked like, you know, like he was a rookie. He, he looked like he was a rookie. I'm not going to lie to you. But when it came down, when the, when the game was on the line, he led them down and he put them in a position to win. He got him in scoring position, field goal with nine seconds to go. Um, but Jake Moody missed it about six, seven, nine inches, whatever. And we all know, if you're a football fan, not our fan, it's a game of inches. And like E mentioned, any given Sunday. So with that being said, I'm not mad at the loss. I'm really not because of the fact that it matters. I love the fight that, that the 49ers showed and it's defending me. But it goes to show you, like you said, any given Sunday, and I'm glad they got it out of the way now. I'd rather them lose now than lose it to, than lose on down the road when it really, really matters. Because like E said, there's only one team in the history of the NFL that's ever gone undefeated, and that's the 72 uh, Dolphins. So, uh, all right, I digress there. So with that being said, let's move on here, E. Um, I want to talk about the uh, the Patriots e, here. Actually, no, before we do that, E, let's, let me back up just a little bit, just a little bit, because you had posed this question before the 49ers lost. I don't know if you saw this loss coming, E, but you posed the question uh, to me in a, in a text, and you, you, you asked, is the, is the 49ers' success, um, is it more about Brock Purdy or is it more about uh, Christian McCaffrey? So knowing that, seeing what transpired on uh, this past Sunday, I have to ask you, I'll, ask, I'll answer the question first, and then you give me your thoughts and opinions on this. I'm going to say that it's, it's definitely a combination of both. I, I, you know, but since you posed the question, Brock or CMC or Christian McCafferty, <sighs> tough one, Ian. And I'm, I'm, it's really a tough one. Because the 49ers have won, but we never had Brock Purdy and CMC not together. But the but the 49ers have been um, successful before Brock Purdy got there, Jimmy Garoppolo, before CMC got there. Um, it was Eli Mitchell or Raheem Mostert or Jeff Wilson Jr. This season, E, or sort of since Brock Purdy's gotten there and CMC, it's really a hard question for me to answer. 
But I'll say it's more Brock Purdy because I think that uh, it's hard, man. It's really hard. It, but I got to pick one. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it's Brock Purdy because Brock Purdy understands. He, you know, we had we had quarterbacks in the past. Jimmy Garoppolo, um, Trey Lance, um, you know, guys of that nature. But no one's been able to actually pick it up and, and, and take off with it like Brock Purdy. And I think that Brock Purdy fits this scheme perfectly, fits Kyle Shanahan's system perfectly. So I'm going to say it's Brock Purdy, but it's very hard for me to say that. But um, CMC um, is a workhorse. He can do everything else. He fits the system as well. But I'm going to say Brock Purdy. But what say you about this question that you pose to me? <laughs> See, I, I'm going to go a little different, and I'm okay. going to say McCaffrey. And this is Can't no slight against this is no slight against Purdy. The gotcha. reason I say McCaffrey because right now through six weeks, I think Chris McCaffrey is one of the best offensive players in football. That's mm-hmm. not saying Brock Purdy's not good, but I don't think right. he's in the top. He's not in the top five best offensive players in football right now. McCaffrey is, and I also think a healthy Christian McCaffrey makes Purdy's job a little easier. For he sure. has he it, it's a safety net. I mean, he can catch balls out of the backfield. You can hand it to him. He can do his thing. When you yeah. know, so they got to put eight in the box. Because they got to account for McCaffrey, and so if if um, Purdy can get the ball out quick, he's most likely going to have an open receiver. I just think with the threat of McCaffrey just being back there and being healthy, that makes life a little easier for Purdy, who's good. Again, I'm not sliding him, yeah. but if I got to say which one is better right now through six weeks, I, I'm gonna go McCaffrey. Okay, I can't so argue with that. Oh no no no! Perfect reason, great reason, man. Because I can't argue with it. And if it I I would I can't argue with it, bro. I can't. It was hard for me to <laughs> say Brock Purdy, but the only reason why I say Brock Purdy because Brock Purdy has played without CMC, um, and and won uh and won a game. You know, oh no, yeah, he yeah. has not. Yeah, he has not. Actually, I stand corrected because the first game. I think the you know, the first game that uh, uh, that uh, CMC played was against the Chiefs, and Jimmy Garoppolo was the quarterback. So no, Brock Purdy has not played. So you know what? I'm going to change my answer, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to change my answer. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with E. Scott here, and I'm going to go with CMC. Yeah. So with that being said, yeah, I'm going to go with CMC. Yeah. So so good stuff there. Eh? See, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, we, we put this show together for you all week. We produce content mm-hmm. all week, not just on yeah. Wednesday nights. <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. Facts. Facts there, brother. Facts. All right. So I kind of mentioned, I kind of alluded to a little bit here, Ian. I want to talk about the Patriots. And um, and, I, and more so, this is more so about Bill Belichick than, than it is the Patriots. Patriots lose again to the Raiders. Um, who, who without Jimmy Garoppolo, who's not a big name guy, you know, by any stretch, since he's on the Raiders, they they brought, had to bring in uh, Brian Hoyer uh, because uh, Jimmy Garoppolo went out went out with that neck injury. But they still want, they still lost, nonetheless, being the Patriots. My question to you is here, E. This at the end of this season. Do you see uh, Bill Belichick being, uh, you know, being gone? A lot of people are saying he's going to be gone, but a lot of people are posing the question, and I'm posing the question before this, before I heard this. It's like, is will Bill, Bill Belichick be fired? Not so much this season, but when he leaves, will he be because he got fired or because he retired? Yes. <laughs> 
Allow me to explain. Here's the speech you're going to get. Uh, I'm going to stop waiting for football. I need to spend more time with my family. Um, right now, uh, my, you know, uh, my, 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 my sciatic nerve hurts, and I need to get that healthy. So I'm going to stop waiting for football. That's the speech you're going to get. Here's the speech Bill mm-hmm. going to get from crap. Hey, Bill, it's over. You out. How do you want to go? Do you want me to tell the people, or do you want to tell the people? <laughs> right. It's completely up to you. Either way, you out of here. So I think, mm-hmm. yeah, Bill is going to step down. But if Bill makes it to the end of the season, which I don't think he will, I, oh, I wow. think this is going to come before the end of the season. But, yeah, this, wow. this, is, Bill, this, this is Bill's last stand. I mean, because if you look at it, they suffered a depleting loss. To the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, Dallas Cowboys is a good football team. You can take, you can take that L. But then you lose to the Saints at home. You get shut out thirty-four to nothing. The Saints are not a good football team. I love the Saints to death, but the Saints are not a good football team. So for the Saints to come into your house and beat you thirty-four to nothing, your next game is what the analysts say a must-win game. So Bill played in a must-win on Sunday against the Raiders, against a hurt Jimmy G, and I can't name you three other players over there. And he right. loses to Brian Hoyer? Yeah, Bill. Yeah, it's it's over. You know, that I, I don't know if he has a phone on the sideline where Kraft can just pick it up and it rings down on the sideline like, yeah, they <laughs> But if he does, it was ringing off the hook. Bill probably told him, hey, just take it off the hook. I don't want to talk to Kraft right now. I, I'll deal with him later. Just take the phone off the hook. I'm surprised Kraft didn't pull a Jerry Jones and come down to the field and, and, and meet Bill on the tarmac like Elaine Kiffin. Hey, man. Right. Like the, the the chart is for team personnel and players only. And Bill, like, I'm the head coach. No, you were the <laughs> yeah, head coach. Were. Yeah, it's, it's, it's over for Bill. I mean, and, and, you know, hey, he had a good run. Six six Super Bowl yeah. wins, there ain't nothing to sneeze at. But it, it, it's over. Yeah, time to move on, Bill. Yeah, I agree with you there, E, and you got to ask yourself, because I think a lot of people posed this question before Tom Brady left for the Buccaneers. Is it Bill? Or is it Brady? Uh, you know, was it you know Belichick or was it Brady? Um, but you, you got to ask yourself that question. I think it's the writing is kind of on the wall right now. Go ahead. E. If you would have asked me that when Tom was still there, I would have gave a politically correct answer that it's a combination of both. One needs the other. That's what I would have said, kind of like Mike and Scotty. But now yeah. that Tom left and immediately won the Super Bowl and Bill <laughs> gets blown out by the same thirty four nine. Oh yeah, it was Tom. Hundred percent. It was it was Tom all the way. It's like it had nothing to do with Belichick. I mean, I know that's unfair because I'm being present at the moment. Yeah. Bill looking back. Bill looking back. Hey, well, bad. Yeah, and I, and you make a great point there because I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of coaches and, and and quarterback combinations out there that you look at and you can put in and we can create one. I'm just going off the top of my head. You go Bill Walsh, Joe Montana, you go Jimmy Johnson, you go Troy Aikman. I'm going to go with your guy, Sean Payton and Drew Brees. Um, you know, right now, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. You got Mahomes and, and Reed. Um, you know, it just just some of these guys that are rolling off the tongue for me right now. And, and right now, you know, you can say, say Purdy and, and Shanahan right now. Uh, providing everyone stays healthy. But, E, looking at these, these Patriots' schedule right now, next week, E, they got the Bills. 
Then the following weekend, they got the Dolphins. That might be right there. I mean, and this can get ugly. If it got ugly for the Saints, no disrespect to the Saints, but 34 nothing is to the Saints, like E. Ken mentioned. And he's a fan. Keep that in mind, ladies and gentlemen, of the Saints. He doesn't think, you know, that, that the Saints are that good. He just feels like the Patriots are that bad. And, again, no disrespect to, to the Saints by any stretch of the imagination. And, again, when you lose to the Raiders with Brian Hoyer as your quarterback, and Brian Hoyer used to be the quarterback of the Patriots who they let go, uh, along with, like, seven other quarterbacks at one point. But, yeah, it's, it's, only going to, it's not going to get any prettier for these guys, man. So it's going to be interesting to see if I, – I didn't think about him not lasting the season – but uh, we can see it out oh. maybe after the Patriots and Dolphins game. I mean, uh, uh, Bills and Dolphins. Uh, allow, <laughs> allow me to translate what K. Walk just said. Belichick getting fired going into the bye. <laughs> he, he, he wants to buy the bye. That's what K. Walk just broke down, y'all. He read you some stats to a couple teams. Yeah. K. Walk just told y'all Belichick <laughs> was not survived the bye. Yeah, that's right. what, at least that's how I heard it. That, that's okay. how I like to be what you said. Yeah, man. Yeah, basically, yeah, I, I guess, yeah, subconsciously, that's what I'm saying, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Subconsciously, that's what I'm saying. All right, good stuff, D.A. All right, let's do this. Let's grab our, our, our next break here. And I want when we come back, I want to talk um, I want to talk some Cowboys here, man. And, um, you know, they're, they're bounced back, you know, win against the, uh, the Chargers. Uh, on Monday night, and um, you know, how much did you take out of that? You know, is Dak back? And and I want to talk about some Michael Parsons too, man, because Michael Parsons has been talking up a storm, man. He just seems like he's just way into every, everything outside of uh, the Cowboys. I think he needs to focus more on the Cowboys. That's just my opinion. And then we're going to break down the tomorrow night's game, which I think is going to be a very entertaining game. Um, providing that uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, does play. Right now he's questionable with any injury, but we'll dive into that and so much more, uh, ladies and gentlemen. We'll spend some games this week as well. Again, ladies and gentlemen, you are tuning to Sports Talk with Kay Walk and E. Scott right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. We'll be right back. You're inside Never Had It So Good Sports Radio with Princess Cooper, Tim Moore, David the Duck Riley, Jason Collins, Shoshana Cook, Brittany Jones, Travis McGee, Eric Scott, and Kevin Walker. We make it easy to talk sports. Hey, South Carolina. Greetings from music recording artist Marcus Allen. Our accountants at Javis Tax Service won the state's best tax office in the state. They're open year-round to serve you from Columbia's only drive through office. Give them a call, 803 419 1001. That's 803-419-1001. Do you need tile installed in your home or business? Then John Robinson Tile LLC is the company for you. We have over 60 years of experience installing tile. We do bathrooms, kitchens, and so much more. Give us a call at 803-529-0092. Check out our website at www.johnrobinsontile2.com. Visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, too. Just search J-Rob Tile or John Robinson Tile. We're licensed and insured and Schluter certified. If you need tile installed, we are your company. We believe in laying hands on everything that we do. That's John Robinson Tile Installation Service for new and old homes. 
renovation of kitchens and bathrooms, installs all types. That's John Robinson Tile, the number two dot com. Take your football game to the next level with the National Youth Football League. The National Youth Football League is powered by former NFL players and great coaches across the United States. They provide student athletes with opportunities to play football year-round. Spring leagues in the greater Triangle area are now forming for ages 5 to 18. To pre-register, log on to NationalYouthFootballLeague.com. That's NationalYouthFootballLeague.com. Again, ladies and gentlemen, you are tuning to Sports Talk with K Walk and E Scott right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Uh, before the break, ladies and gentlemen, we were talking. Uh, we were talking Patriots um, for sure. We're talking Forty Niners uh, as well. And um, I want to stay on the NFL topic here, E. And um, I want to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. And, and the Dallas Cowboys, uh, they bounced back, uh, you know, for the most part. Uh, you know, uh, from that that uh, that 32 point loss to the 49ers, they came back and won Monday night against the Chargers. Um, you know, Michael Parsons is you know starting to say, you know, when you talk about you know when you talk about you know put the same energy. I'm paraphrasing here, ladies and gentlemen, but basically saying put the same energy on Dak. You know, when you know or put the same energy on Jalen Hurts. You know, when he messes up, as you do when Dak messes up, and and things of that nature. So. Michael Parsons to me seems like he's more focused on the outside world than he uh, than he is on the, the inside world and Jerry's world, uh, if you will. E, but what say you about that performance? Um, you know, by the Cowboys. Um, do you think they're back? Do you think that's obviously it's a win that they needed because any win is needed? But what say you about the um, the performance of the uh, the Cowboys and also Michael Michael Parsons and his his talk so much about the uh, the outside world, if you will. I'm gonna start here. I don't think they're back, so I don't think they were never here. Never there. I mean, right? it's a, I mean it's a, what, hey, what did my man Drake say in the Big Sean song? I'm not gonna say we back or nothing, cause that implies we back from something. Back from something. Now, right, they, they they ain't back from something, so no, they're not back. I mean, they are a decent football team. Dak is just horrible. And San Diego, um, Los Angeles, whoever you want to call them, the the the, the Chargers, they are a head coach away from being a good football team. Yeah, that that Brandon Staley is awful. They just yeah. need to roll. Brandon Staley is to the Chargers what Zach Wilson is to the Jets. They just, <laughs> I mean, they got they got to get rid of him. I mean because he makes terrible decisions. And I know okay, a quarter. I mean a coach doesn't play any snaps, but still. I mean, there is a difference there, and I don't think he's good for that football team. I fully expected for Dallas to bounce back and win that football game. I'm shocked every week when the Chargers do win because they got way too much talent over there to have such a mediocre coach. Reminds me of that team down in the bayou. 
<laughs> yeah, man. I, you know, we definitely going to talk about uh, talk about your, your your squad there. But yeah, as far as the Cowboys go, man, I, I didn't know how to pick this game. I, I took the Chargers because I thought that the uh, the Cowboys were too focused on what the Forty ers were about before that game, during that game, and after the game. Especially Michael Parsons, who I feel like is probably the leader. Him, he and Dak are probably the leaders on that particular team. I think anybody would say that, fan or no fan. Um, but I think he's focused. So I know he has his own podcast and things of that nature. And, you know, he kind of, he kind of gets distracted or gets he's more focused on, you know, the other guys in the league. And, you know, when George Kittle, you know, wears that shirt and things of that nature. Or if Jalen Hurst goes out and throws three interceptions and put that energy on Jalen Hurst that you're doing back. We're not going to put that same energy, uh, Micah, man. Uh, it, it, you know, on on a on a quarterback that that's not comparable. Jalen Hurts has been to the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts has you know been one possession away from you know winning the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts has gone what twenty twenty one and twenty two games you know as a starter. Now you can't put that Dak. You know, look, Brock Purdy has won two. Has been in the league for a year and a half, and he has two playoff games, uh, two off playoff wins. Dak's been in the league for seven plus years and has two playoff wins, man. So no, we're not going to spit in that same energy on you know on 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 Dak as we do on other guys or, or you know other guys that we do on Dak because Dak is the quarterback of quote unquote I'm putting the air quotes up here, ladies and gentlemen, America's team. So he's going to be on the, he's going to be on the, he's going to be the most scrutinized player probably in all of sports, close to it. You know, close to it. You know what I mean, I don't know who you want to put out there as far as the most scrutinized player. You could put LeBron up there because he's with the Lakers. Um, you could, you know, you could put Aaron Judge up there. You know, with the, with with the Yankees, and and the list goes on and on. And you know, as far as the, the big time on the big time teams. So no, we're not going to spend energy. We're going to spend the energy more on Dak because you guys say every year as fans, as players, that it's your year to win the Super Bowl. So that's why the energy is spent mostly on that, all right? Because my head coach in, in, college, in high school says, it's always told my quarterback, listen, if you go, we go. And that's with every quarterback. If the quarterback goes, your team goes. And that's simple. If Dak doesn't go, you guys don't go. And that's what it is. Uh, so, Micah, calm down, bro. Calm down and start focusing on your team. Get in Dak's head. And tell Trayvon Diggs, you know, in, in the camp, stop calling your boy, you know, you uh, you know uh, whatever he called. I'm not going to say it on 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 air, but you know go back and look at what Trayvon Diggs, Trayvon Diggs said to uh, Dak Prescott. You guys don't even believe in him. So if you guys in the inside don't believe in the Micah, then why should we on the outside believe in him? So you know I, that that's another that's a debate for another day. But anyway, I agree. It wasn't really a bounce back. Um, it's just a, it was a much needed win uh, for these guys uh, moving forward. They have a bye this week, so uh, put your money on them that they they won't lose. Um, so <laughs> for sure. All right, uh, but yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it plays out because the Eagles have a tough one. E. Um, but before we transition uh, into, um, we don't have any. Uh, before we transition to tomorrow's night's game between your Jags, I mean between your Saints and your and the Jags, I want to ask you. E., Sunday mornings, man, Sunday mornings for the last three weeks 
have been really nice to me. Waking up, and I wake up pretty early on the weekends for for whatever reason. I'm I'm just ready to go. I'm ready. To, I'm football. I'm in the football mode, man. I'm in. The, I get into that stupor e. But let me ask. Give me your thoughts and opinions on 9:30 games. Even though played, they played overseas, played in London. How do you feel about waking up to, to to football, if you will, on Sunday mornings? Are you for that or are you against that? In my golden years, which I think you know where where I am now, I love it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I yeah. should start at nine thirty. I mean, the whole slate. I mean, because <laughs> like if we lived on the west coast, you know, we would get our early game at ten o'clock, True. and then True. our late game at one. I'm here for it at this age. I mean, you're right, because, I mean, I don't wait necessarily wake up to football for the mm-hmm. simple fact that I've been up since 5, 530 anyway. But it is right. nice that it comes on at, at like, you know, 930. I can um, run if I need to run to the store because I like going to the store early in the morning. I come yeah. back. I got the 930 game. Then yeah. it, it transitions right on over into the 1 o'clock, to the 4 uh-huh. o'clock, to the 8 o'clock. I miss most of the 8 o'clock unless it's a great game because I'm asleep because mm-hmm. again, I'm right. old. But I think it's fantastic. I like it. Excellent, man. I'm, I was hoping you would say that because I feel the same exact way, brother. When I wake up in the morning, I was like, you know what? I, I hate waiting around, you know, to 1 o'clock and you get all those games. You know, give me that one. Give me that 9 o'clock, that 930 game and make it more interesting. You know, you know some of these games have been good. I think actually these games have been pretty good, you know, even though, the, you know, the names aren't the biggest names as far as team names go. But it's, it's football nonetheless, and you want to wake up to that, or if you're already awake, and like he mentioned, if you want to do something early, you get you know get those chores out of the way. But for me, when I wake up, you know, I, I get into my mode, man. I get everything set up, and and I'm ready to go, man. I'm ready to go. So I love those 9:30 games um, as well. So yeah, I think we should have those each and every week. I don't know if that's going to be something in in the works, uh, but yeah, for sure, if we can get it like like for seventeen or, or seventeen weeks. That'd be great, man. That'd be great. Maybe you know, maybe at that certain point, or just every other week. Maybe other every other week. But nonetheless, I love it too. E. I'm all for it, man. Again, like you said, it rolls right into you know NFL Sunday, uh, whatever NFL today, Fox Sports, whatever you know, whatever pregame you watch, it rolls right into that. If not halfway through it, so I'm all for that as well. I don't, the, I don't think you necessarily. Need, I don't think you necessarily need to go overseas to play a nine. In the morning, well, you start at nine thirty here in the states. I mean, you know, wow. I, I have no problem with it because if you think about it from a fan aspect, yeah, I don't, get, I don't, yeah. I don't get where you are. You ain't got to go way over there to, to play at nine thirty in the morning. Now you can stay right here. And when, like you said, when I turn it on, I mean, I, I wake up to um, NFL Sunday, and mm-hmm. you know, just scroll right on into it. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Interesting. I I didn't think about that. I didn't think about actually having a 930 game, you know, in the States. I mean, especially probably more so on the, I don't know if it would be in the West Coast. You'd probably be better doing that in the West Coast and that'd be 1130 game or, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think the, I don't think if you do it on the East Coast, the West Coast, on the West Coast, uh, people wouldn't be, they wouldn't take too kindly to that. But, well, actually, you know what, it doesn't make a difference. Because nine thirty is nine thirty for us. Especially, especially from a fan yeah. standpoint, I, I don't care what you're playing. Just put it on. Yeah, right. Put it on. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think about that, but yeah, yeah, for sure. But nonetheless, 
nine thirty is is for me uh, on a Sunday morning is it, golden for me. And so let's just keep it up, Roger Goodell. You've just been signed to an extension for three years. Let's see if we can make this happen and make this uh, a little bit more interesting, if, if possible. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's let's uh, let's, uh, let's transition right into uh, tomorrow night's game, man. And that's uh, that's the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars going to the uh, New Orleans Saints. Uh, my my co-host or our host. Our, our, our guy, uh, E. Scott here. Um, your 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 uh, your team man, is on Thursday night. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is questionable with that knee injury, uh, so he may be in, he may be out. But nonetheless, give me your thoughts and opinions on this game. How do you see this one playing out? And you may give me two different you know versions because you know uh, Trevor Lawrence is is maybe in or out. But what say you about this game? Now, I didn't know that about Trevor Lawrence, so you just said it just now. So, without Trevor Lawrence, I think, you know, we have a shot. Um, We're not a good football team. At least we're not playing like it anyway. So, yeah, this is one of those ones where we need this one. We we really, really need this one because Dennis Allen has been letting us down all year, and and, and we're not looking good. I mean, we got a good defense, but then the offense mm-hmm, come out there sure. and lay eggs. Then in the, the game on Sunday, the offense was playing okay. Then the defense came out there and laid eggs. We we let teams come back. We let teams push, and we have trouble moving the football. That's one of the biggest things about it. But then, you know, any given Sunday can also be any given Thursday. We can possibly win that. When we're in the Dome, we do play better at home. But without yeah. Trevor Lawrence, I think that gives us our best shot. Yeah, man, for sure. And then when you got, you know, C.J. Beathard uh, is their backup, man. You know, as Saints fans, you, you know, you want to you want to play against the best. You want to beat the best. But at the same time, at this point of the season, you want to just win games and you win games and put you in a position uh, to, uh, you know, to win that that, that South. Um, but um, you know the, the Buccaneers are, are are saying something different, man. I'm surprised Special K is on right now and, and 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 coming on, you know, you know, with this one. And oh, I know actually, no, he probably because his, his Bucks lost. Actually, that's why <laughs> yeah, his Bucks lost. I forgot about that. But yeah, man. I mean that Texans game, and let me give give me your thoughts and opinions on that game, E. I know you gave me your thoughts and opinions on tomorrow night's game, but that Texans game, what say you about that, and what's your feeling behind it? I know you, you're not a big fan of uh, Dennis Allen by any stretch, but um, what do you see went wrong there? Derek Carr is not healthy, because I don't know okay. if you saw the game or if you saw highlights from the game. Derek Carr threw the pass to number 22, which would have been a walk-in touchdown if he just would have led him. Derek Carr threw the ball as far as he can possibly throw it because the shoulder's hurt. He, he He's uh-huh. not healthy. So that's a throw that Jameis makes. Now, he probably threw two or three other picks. I'm not saying that. But you got to get a guy in that is healthy. And if Derek Carr's not healthy, I think you got to set him, you know, because we, we still got like three more games before I buy and yeah. you know he 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 he's not gonna. You're just not gonna get healthy without rest. And uh, the Texas game is a game. <laughs> so what was a winnable game for us? We had the game once, and we let them come back again because we just keep making too many bonehead mistakes. Yeah, man. I, yeah, I'm looking at that game. Yeah, I do have that game on. I have like five screens on, man. And with YouTube, I want to thank YouTube for for purchasing uh, <laughs> for the ticket because it allows me to put them on all all different game, all different screens. But yeah, and I'm watching that game, man. And you know, I had 
they had the Saints winning in that game. I picked them to win. I'll stop doing that, E, so you guys can win, man. <laughs> I apologize for that, first and foremost. Uh, but, yeah, man, I, I, yeah, I'm looking at Derek Carr, and I'm thinking, like, you know what? Um, Derek Carr is, is, is on a given, any given Sunday, if he's healthy, he's not that much better than uh, James Winston, man. And, and if Derek Carr is hurt, and I don't care how much you're paying him, if it, the goal is about paying these guys, then then obviously you got to play him. But if it's about winning, you got to put James Winston in there. And then James Winston, it, it's it's hard for him to get into a rhythm. And that's the thing with James Winston. If he doesn't have a rhythm, you know, everything can go wrong for him, man. So uh, Dennis Allen has to really look into uh, Derek Carr's eyes and say, you know, can you go? You know, yeah, he'll tell you yes, but you know, his his mouth will say yes, but his eyes can tell you, uh, you know, a different thing. And I think that you know they may may want to shift gears a little bit and and go with, uh, you know, uh, Jameis Winston because right now, if you look at the South, you got the uh, the Buccaneers at three and two, you got the Falcons at three and three, and you got the the Saints at three and three. Um, so right now, it's any it's anyone's, uh, you know, we we kind of figured this, uh, we kind of figured that we knew going into this, this was our prediction, ladies and gentlemen, before the season started. Go back and listen to this show if you want. Um, but it's it's very wide open between these three teams. Now, obviously, Carolina is, is out of it, but um, it's separated by a half game right now. So it's anybody's game. So if it's this close, I think, and, and let me know what you think about this, go with uh, Jameis Winston uh, over Derek Carr. That's your team. What will say you about that particular decision being made? 100%. And that's not because I think Carr is bad, because you and Shift talked me into Carr. It's just mm-hmm. that he's not healthy. And, I mean, right. if you're going to lose with an unhealthy guy, you, you better off losing with the healthy guy because the, right. you're asking too much of an unhealthy guy. Give the guy some time to rest, give him some time to get healthy, and come back to him. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I agree, man. And, and and right now, it's a, it's a game that they have to win, uh, meaning right now, as, as close as it is, you don't want to, to lose. Uh, you don't want to step up and lose a game because of the fact that you're in a literally a tight race. It's a tie right now, like Dylan. The only reason why the Bucks are there is they only have two losses because they play less games. Uh, and it could be four and two, or they could be three and three um, as well. But it's that tight. So keep a keep a, keep an eye on that race, ladies and gentlemen, in NFC South, because you know <laughs> E and I will for sure. All right, good stuff. All right, E, let's uh, let's talk about our um, our next games here, our spotlighted games. Uh, I like to call them week in and week out. We only have a few. I only have a few here, E, because of the fact that the matter is a lot of teams have buys uh, this week, uh, which is. Um, just, just crazy to see. But nonetheless, um, let me see how many teams. Uh, we got six teams, E, six teams with buys. So we're talking about, what's that, uh, you know, uh, one, two, three games. That's three games right now. That's not on the schedule for the uh, uh, for the NFL. But nonetheless, we have some, some quality. It's not, sometimes it's not about the quantity. It's about the quality. But the Lions and Ravens, E, one o'clock kickoff. The Lions are five and one. Uh, the Ravens uh, right now, I believe they are a five and one. I believe they're five and one. Let me just double check their schedule. I mean, double check their uh, yeah. They're four and two. Excuse me. They're four and two. This is a, a, a matchup right now because a lot a lot of people are saying that the Lions are a legitimate contender in the NFC, and then you know the high expectations on Baltimore with Lamar Jackson, uh, Todd Munkin, the new offensive coordinator there, and then they got all of the weapons. You know, old Dell, as I like to call him, Odell Beckham. Um, uh, you got Zay Fly. 
Flowers uh, and, you know, Mark Andrews. But what say you about this game, E, and how you see this game playing out between the Lions at Ravens? I'm going to go with the Ravens because I'm a big fan of Lamar. I believe in Lamar. But Detroit does look good. I, I don't know where they got this Jerry Goff dude from because he used to stink it up when he was in their life. <laughs> but he's had a resurrection um, with his career in Detroit with um, old, old man Campbell over there. He's getting the, he's getting the best out of him. So I, I do think it is possible for Detroit to win, but I'm going to go with the Ravens, you know, at home. And, um, in, in, you know, I think they'll play better. You know, being at home, I believe in Lamar, I believe in Odell. And I just think, you know, they got a good thing going over there, but I do think this is going yeah. to be a very good football game. Yeah, this is this is going to be the, obviously the best game of the day uh, for sure because we'll talk about the next game at that night. But yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm a big Lamar Demetrius uh, Jackson fan, ladies and gentlemen. If you're a long time listener, you know I'm an advocate of him and him getting paid and him getting weapons around him and him getting the right offensive coordinator. I'm not saying that they listen to me. I'm just simply saying I was advocating for what he ultimately got. You can take it for whatever you want to take, however you want to take it. But nonetheless, they got Lamar Demetrius Jackson what he needed in order to be successful. Now the ball is literally in his hands, figuratively and literally uh, in his hands to make that happen. Uh, so let's, uh, let's see how that plays out. Uh, for sure. So with that being said, I'm going to take the Ravens because, uh, like he mentioned, they are at home. Um, it's going to be uh, they're both the, and they're both used to those climates. Not, not not so much Detroit because even though they play in Detroit, they play in Michigan, they play indoors. But I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take Baltimore here. I think Baltimore gets it done. And but it's going to be a well played game, ladies and gentlemen. This is going to be the spotlighted day, uh, game of the week. Tune into that one o'clock um, for sure. Uh, next game here, and, uh, and and E, you know, before we get into that, then I actually know what. Don't forget that. I forget that because you kind of answered that question. I was going to ask how how real are the Lions, but you, I don't think you think they're that real. The Jared Goff or what have you, but I feel the same way. I think they'll ultimately come out. I think they're a good team, and I think you have to bring your hard hat and your lunchbox each and every week if you're going to play against the Detroit Lions in order to get that victory because they're not going to lay down anybody by any stretch of the imagination. All right, next game here, E, uh, is I want to talk about uh, – well, let's forego this. I thought we were going to have Special K on, but uh, I was going to talk about the Falcons and Buccaneers. But I want to talk about the Dolphins and – the Eagles. Uh, Dolphins are going into uh, the link um, in Philadelphia. Sunday night game. Um, Dolphins are coming off of a, of a big time, I mean, not a big time victory, but a victory. They fell down 14 nothing, uh, you know, to, to Carolina, and they came back and, and went to work on those guys. And and this team seems like they're just ready. To, they're just they're, they're um, firing on all cylinders. E, uh, what say you about this game? Do you have the Dolphins? You know, winning this, you know, winning consecutive games, or do you have the Eagles losing consecutive games? We'll tell you about this game. Uh, this is the battle of insurance fraud because the Dolphins, <laughs> the Dolphins are a little fraudulent as well. I mean, they 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 are good, but the Dolphins are beating you with speed. You got mm-hmm. Monster, Waddle, and and um, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. 
three mm-hmm. of the fastest dudes in the NFL. Yeah. And from what I hear, they got another kid over there who's not that popular that says he's faster than all three of them. So yeah. they're they're beating you with team speed. And and they're, and they're you know they're playing decent football, but then again Philly is a team like I said, they're fraudulent. But you know fraud works them to the point that it doesn't. I mean you know it, it, <laughs> it, it's fraud is is effective. I won't say it's a good thing because it's not, but you can fraud your way through quite a bit of stuff. And yeah. like I said, with with the tush push and the goal line situations. That's Philly all day. Now, you said the game is in Philly or in Miami? It is in Philly. It's in the link in Philadelphia. Yeah, this is at the at Lincoln Financial. I'm going to go mm-hmm. with Philly in this one. I, I do think that they, they, wow. they, you know, I think they're going to beat Miami because, I think, like I said, both of them are insurance fraud, but at the same time, they both are good as well. They're two of the hardest teams to pick because one week the Dolphins will look very impressive and score 70 points. Then the next week they'll come out and give up 50. Then they struggle yeah. with New England and then, you know, with the Jets. So you never know what you're going to get over there. And like I said yeah. before, earlier in the show, Philly's winning football games, but they're not yeah. impressive. It's not like they're just, you know, blowing away teams. So yeah. it, 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 it's, a, it's a tough road to hold. Yeah, for sure. You know, I'm going to go, to, I'm going to go a different way. I, I, I hear everything you say and you said, and I'm going to go a different way because of the fact of the matter is I think the Dolphins – are riding that momentum train. <laughs> no, you don't believe in me, but you're riding that momentum train. He's, ladies and gentlemen, you can't see him. He's, he's rolling his eyes right now. <laughs> I'm going to sure roll it on the side of my head. Yes. <laughs> I felt it. I felt it here. But anyway, uh, nonetheless, um, in all seriousness, um, I, I'm going to take the I'm going to take the Dolphins, man, because I just think that the um, the weakness of the uh, uh, of the Philadelphia Eagles defense is that secondary. They have so many different injuries um, in the back end, you know, with Slay and those guys. Um, you know, they don't have those guys, and the guys that they're playing right now are young. I know that, and they're learning on the job. But this is some speed, and you think that the the, the Jets, you know, showed them some speed with uh, Garrett, Garrett Garrett Wilson Garrett, Garrett Wilson last week. They're gonna they're gonna see some serious speed, um, you know, uh, coming uh, for sure, um, uh, coming for sure from uh, from you know, from from the, uh, the the Miami Dolphins. You know, he mentioned the Tyreek Hill, uh, the uh, you know the Raheem Mostert, there, the Jalen Wallow uh, uh, for sure. And I, I, this team is going to, to find a way to, to, to beat this team uh, for sure. Um, so I, I just think that um, right now, I think the Miami Dolphins, you have to go with the Miami Dolphins. I think they're going to be too fast, even though they're in the link. They're going to have that crazy crowd going, meaning the Eagles. I just think that um, the, the, the Dolphins are going to be too much for them on offense. It's going to be too fast. And too furious for them. Um, it's going to it's going to take a lot. And if, as long as Tua can get the ball out of his hand as quickly as he's been getting it out for the majority for uh, to this point in the season, I think that the uh, the Eagles are going to have a tough one. So I'm going to take. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. But you know, I know I made it sound like it's going to be a blowout. It's going to be a track meet or anything like that or something like that. But I'm going to take it. I'm going to take the Dolphins. Um, I'm going to say it's going to be like you know twenty twenty. 
somewhere around there. That's, I'm, I'm going to give it to the Dolphins. And a lot of people will say, well, Kevin, you're a hater on the Eagles. I'm not a hater on the Eagles, ladies and gentlemen. I just call it like I think I see it. <laughs> Sometimes that could be a lot, you know, it could be wrong. But, yeah, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to take the Dolphins in this one uh, for sure. All right, e, uh, uh, next one here is we got the uh, the, the, the 49ers uh, at the Vikings. And uh, we got to talk our teams, of course. It's a Monday night game. 49ers bounce back. Um, they could possibly have uh, Debo, uh, Christian McCafferty, and Tripp Williams. Uh, the reason why I mentioned those three names, guys, if you didn't mention, if you didn't watch the game last week, those three guys were, they had injuries. Tripp Williams came back in the game. Um, with that ankle injury, he finished the game. Debo left early with a shoulder injury. He didn't come back. Um, Christian McCaffrey had the oblique injury. He tried to come back. He had one run, um, but wasn't able to, to finish the game. Majority of the half of the uh, uh, half of the game, but uh, Kyle Shanahan has come out and said that they all could play. But I'm thinking, that, you know, maybe one or two shouldn't play, meaning McCaffrey or or, or uh, Debo. But um, I think that, you know, the, the way that the Vikings are have looked this season right now and, you know, uh, some tough losses for them. They're without arguably the best receiver uh, in the game. And uh, Justin Jefferson, he's going to be out multiple weeks uh, with that hamstring injury. Uh, so with that being said, um, I think the 49ers are, were embarrassed. Uh, I think they, they felt as though they should have won that game as bad as they played. Um, as bad as they played uh, throughout that game, they still felt that they were just, you know, six, seven inches. Again, how, whatever the difference is, you know, for how much uh, Jake Moody missed that kick is, you know, that's how how close they were from uh, being 6-0 and right now. So I think they bounced back. I think they come back. They refocus. Uh, I think they were maybe riding a high a little bit. I think, I'm not making excuses, ladies and gentlemen, for the 49ers by any stretch. I don't do that. But I think they refocus. They get back um, on track. Uh, it's a Monday night game. It's a, it's an extra day off for these guys, if you will. So I think that helps them. And I think they get back on track and they and they beat the, the Vikings. But E, what say you about this game? Now you mentioned Trent Williams. Let mm-hmm. me tell you the reverence and respect that both teams have for Trent Williams. Mm-hmm. Pre-game on Sunday. San Francisco and Cleveland get into a little dust up. Yeah. All Trent Williams has to do is walk through there, and everyone immediately stops. <laughs> right. Like, I want I note of that. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, yeah. All he had to do was show his presence, and they immediately stopped. So this dude is revered and respected. Now, going into Minnesota, if Minnesota still had J.J., Justin Jefferson, I would yeah. give them a chance. But without okay. Justin Jefferson, Minnesota did everything they could this past week to move Kirk Cousins. Kirk said, no, mm-hmm. my family is comfortable here. I got this no trade, so I'm going to yeah. ride it out here. But, yeah, I think Minnesota has cast the season in because I told you a couple weeks ago they were the best 0-3 team in football, but they're going to be the, the best, you know, <laughs> Two, two, and, two and 17, I mean, two and 18 <laughs> teams in football, whatever. I would have had work 16, however it works mm-hmm. out. But, yeah, they, they I, I don't think they have a chance. I think San Francisco is going to be playing with a chip on their shoulder. I guess yeah. you could call it momentum, but they wouldn't have momentum because they lost. <laughs> they I, lost. I don't really right? know how momentum. 
I don't really know how my men works. I don't know if you get it with a loss or whatever. But I'll just say I think they're gonna have a chip on their shoulder, and and I think they're um they're gonna um you know play better on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, like I mentioned, I, I agree, man, for everything you just mentioned, man, because I just think, you know, the, the Vikings barely beat the Bears without uh, Justin Fields, and that's saying a lot because a lot of people saying that the Bears are the worst show in, you know, since, uh, I don't know, since um, uh, Homeboys in Outer Space, um, in my opinion. Um, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, for uh, for sure, yes. Yeah. So I, I think the 49ers, they come in, they, they're going to have a business-like um, attitude or um, uh, attitude. They're going to come off, uh, come out there. It's a Monday night game. They know they're going to be on TV. They know the world's watching for the most part. And I think they get back to the business, man, and then they, they, they understand that they're getting into the meat of their um, – um, uh, their schedule because they got Cincinnati the following week. Then they have a bye, and then they have Jacksonville. Um, so they have some tough teams, man. You know, coming up. So they're going to get into the meat of their schedule, especially being on the road on the East Coast for the most part. So I think the Forty Nine ers come back to get they refocus again and, and they get it done uh, uh, for sure. All right. Um, let's see. Uh, and let me see what we have here next. So so next. E- Let's uh let's take a quick break here, man. And when we come back, uh, I want to talk uh I want to talk some college football, man. And I want to get your thoughts and opinions. And I want to talk about the uh, the Mel the, the Mel Tucker situation. It seems to find, it seems uh, that Mel Tucker uh it, it's it's come out that the female in question. I don't like I don't want to mention her name because I think that, you know she's good enough for that. Um, but if you don't if you don't know the, the story there, check out look up Mel Tucker, Michigan State, and the situation there. E and um, it's come out that she's that she was found out that she was she was lying, and, and what that means for Mel Tucker going forward. I want to ask E two things. Um, you know the lawsuit that he's going to have. Will that be? You know will that be? Um, uh, you know, is that a favor? And obviously, it's going to be a favor in in uh, in his corner. Also, I want to ask this question e, as well: Will he be a head coach again? Will he find another head coaching job um, in the future uh, for sure? But we'll talk about that again as we take a quick break here. All right, it's sports talk with K Walk and E Scott. Never had it so good. Sports radio. Be right back. What's up, guys? This is Kenny B. Winning from Gobo. Go Black Owned on Facebook and Instagram. You are listening to Sports Talk with my dudes, Kay Walker, Eric Scott, and they'll be right back. Do you have any unwanted pests in your home or commercial building? Well, Wilson Termite and Pest Control LLC can rescue you. We specialize in bed bugs, termites, rodents, and so much more. Just call Wilson Termite and Pest Control LLC at 803-764-2461 in Columbia, South Carolina, and Charlotte, North Carolina metro area. We're open 8 to 5 weekdays and by appointment on Saturday. We strive to provide complete care for our customers. Visit our website at www.wilsonpestcontrolsc.com. That's Wilson Termite and Pest Control, LLC. We're your family-friendly and environment-friendly pest control company. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when we come for you? 
Hey, need your W-2s, 1099s, processed, printed, and mailed? Email us today at 1040 at javistax.com. 1040 at javistax.com. Or call 803-419-1001. And we are back. And again, you are tuning to Sports Talk with K Walk and E Scott right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you were uh, just joining us, uh, we were talking uh, NFL, we were talking uh, 49ers, uh, we were talking 49ers and Vikings, uh, also talking uh, a little bit of uh, Saints uh, as well. Um, so we want to move on to our next topic here. We're going to switch gears here, and, and we want to talk uh, some uh, college football here, E. And, and I want to talk about um, the Mel Tucker situation here, E. Mel Tucker, it looks like this is starting to, to, to kind of, you know, uh, take shape and form, if you will, and it's showing it's proven his innocence for the most part. E. He's not completely innocent in this situation, ladies and gentlemen. So believe me when I say I don't condone what he's done, but what he was accused of, nonetheless, is, um, you know, is kind of in his favor, uh, if you will. But uh, what, what say you about this situation, E? And, uh, again, uh, the young lady, uh, the young lady, I'm just going to leave it at that, um, has been found out that has been proven that she's lied under the situation. Uh, but what say you about this whole situation? Well, I think the fact that they can prove that, you know, she had been untruthful works in his favor as far as the lawsuit goes. Now, he's yeah. not going to get his job back. He's not going to be the head coach of Michigan State right. anymore. No, but he will, be comp- he will be compensated so as good as him. Now, another question you pose, will he be a head coach again? I don't know if he'll be a head coach again, but he will be a coach again, and he might work his way back up to head coach. And the reason I say that, I'm going to cite a couple examples. John Groot, I'm not John. Yeah, John Gruden, Chucky. Mm-hmm. He's been rumored <laughs> as about somebody about to bring him in as an OC. Urban wow. Meyer, who is a Title IX nightmare. Urban Meyer, Coach Gear. Yeah. Art Briles. Um, what's your boy from Arkansas with the thing around his neck? They wrecked the motorcycle. Um, oh. Uh, oh, I can't think of the name. Yeah, can't think of the name. Was it um, Hugh Jackson? Bob uh, Petrino. Uh, Bobby Petrino. Bobby Petrino, so, yes, yes. So, yes. so with, with those names being thrown out there, and they've done some horrific things. Well, no, no, let me back up. They've been accused of some horrific things. Allegedly, they did some very bad things, and they weren't completely out of coaching because I really believe now Urban Meyer not coaching because he don't want to. I mean, I think the dust is settled and it's died out. Now, he might not get a big-name program to start out, but he could get a job, I think, if he wanted it. So with that being said, I think Mel Tucker will coach again. I don't know if he will rise to the ranks of head coach. I don't even know if he's an offensive or a defensive guy. But whichever yeah. one he is, he can coordinate or he'll be on some staff, and eventually he might make it back to head coaching. That's just kind of how this works. Now, he only has he has one big thing working against him, and we both you know know what that is. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> he, 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 he's he's a tad darker than the other dudes that we named. But you know, <laughs> hey, it's it's twenty twenty three. I'm gonna go ahead and say you know, yeah, he'll get a job somewhere. 
Yeah, he, and he is, uh, for our listeners, he is a defensive guy. He's a defensive coordinator. Okay. And there's a lot of guys, there's a lot, there's a lot of rumors out there saying that, you know, he may get another uh, gig, not not a head coaching gig right away, but he will get um, a, a coordinator job somewhere. A lot of people are linking him to uh, to Nick Saban, um, you know, in Alabama, and then he'll possibly Kirby Smart in, uh, in, in Georgia. So, you know, you, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out and how much, you know, scrutiny, how much attention that's going to bring. You know, maybe a, I'm a conspiracy theorist in me, maybe Coach Prime brings him in because we all know that Colorado doesn't have the best defense right now. I don't know that that's his guy right now, but bringing in Mel Tucker, you know, the kinds of, you know, restore his image, if you will, under Coach Prime, that may be the move to make um, if you're Coach Prime and, you know, maybe you're, you know, I, I don't know. I haven't heard it, this, ladies and gentlemen. This is just Kate Walk talking uh, uh, for sure. But I think that may be the, the, the move he goes to. I, and again, I know they have a defensive coordinator in, in, in place as a title, but by any by no stretch of the imagination is that defensive coordinator for the Colorado Buffaloes a defensive coordinator because they've given up too many points. But again, that's just me, the conspiracy theorist, and me. I, I think that might be the best route for him to take, uh, nonetheless. But as far as going back to the uh, the allegations and things, you know, e when when this first broke, um, immediately, um, you know, my antennas went up. I don't know if you remember that from the next from from next Friday, you know, with Cat Williams. And where was your antennas? You know, when they were stealing from me, <laughs> you know, that type thing. My antennas immediately went up there, man, and because I felt that I, it, just, it didn't feel right, man. I just didn't feel like he would put himself in a situation like that if it was iffy and he would pour out, you know, and, and divulge so much information uh, to this female if he didn't, if there was something, if there was nothing as serious as what was going on going on and that's what exactly ultimately came out is that you know and apparently he's been estranged from his wife i don't know if it makes that right or wrong one way or the other i don't know if he was estranged before or after this happened from what i'm hearing he was estranged before this happened and this is why he was involved with this particular female but at the same time this is a female that he brought in that who had, um, you know, uh, advocated that, you know, as far as, you know, she was a rape victim and she was talking about, you know, her situation and things of that nature. And this is one of the reasons why he got involved with her as far as bringing her on as a spokesperson. So, and then, you know, that whole conversation, you know, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know, if it's something news we're breaking here to you, look it up and you can have it more in-depth, in, in um, you know, and in, in information. But um, come to find out they was on a, a call for about 30-plus minutes. They were, they were having phone sex uh, for about 30-plus minutes. But as a, if she felt uncomfortable at that time, especially being a former of rape victim, then you had to say, you know, to why, why didn't you hang up immediately if you knew exactly where it was going or when it first started? So that's some of the things that are coming out that's in Mel Tucker's favor. And, again, not to condone anything that Mel Tucker has done by any stretch of the imagination, ladies and gentlemen, 
But when you put yourself in a situation like this, you got to be more careful. And for the female as, as well, you know, it's, you know, if, if you're looking for money, you know, if you're looking for a big payday, you know, the lottery's out there. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, it's just just different things. You know, you know, it's a thing called you know working your your butt off for it. Just not just you know put yourself in the situation. But I digress. That's a uh, topic for a different day, there, E. But I'm, uh, I don't know if you want to uh, add on to that, E, before we move on. No, no, no. We we pretty much covered it because this story is, you know, like when when you were saying him and his wife were estranged, I immediately mm-hmm. thought about, oh, me and Will have been together in in seven <laughs> years. I mean, that, that, and, and yeah, I saw your flashback. So yeah, we 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 can happily move on. All right, cool, man. Let's 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 talk about the. Uh, I'm gonna stay on the college football talk here, man. And I want to talk about uh, the big game of the week. It's the uh, big noon kickoff. And that's uh, Ohio State, uh, I'm sorry, Penn State going into the big shoe, the horseshoe in uh, Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State, uh, you know, these, these are two undefeated teams. Obviously, these have uh, playoff implications here, uh, more and Big Ten implications as as well. E, give me your thoughts and opinions on on this game. How you see this one playing out? Again, Penn State is going into the shoe. Uh, it's a twelve o'clock game. I don't know if that matters to you, but I know as a player, for me, I, I love twelve o'clock games. It's one to get it kicked off right away. But what say you about this game? <clears throat> yeah, I think I think I'm going to go with Penn State in this one um, because Ohio State, the, a, a little bit of insurance fraud. They um, are undefeated, but they really hadn't had any any uh, tough challenges, you know, so far. But you can only play the people they put in front of you because, you know, if they say, say this game, Ohio State has already played Michigan and beat Michigan, and then they will play yeah. Penn State, then I would favor them because I know they would have been tested. But I don't think right. they've been tested so far. So without that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go I'm gonna go on Penn State in this one. Shout out to Jay. Yeah, for sure, man. And and um, you know, I you know, I, I talked about this last night on the sideline speaks with Jay uh, as well and you know, he's a Penn State guy like you mentioned. And um uh, I, I'm 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 going to Penn State. I, I think Penn State gets it done this year, man, because everything you mentioned, and I'm with you, and I've been saying it for the majority of the season, even though they're undefeated. I thought that Ohio State is an overrated team, but when you have, you know, when you coming off of the type of season they had last year, and they're undefeated, you know, then you and you have Ryan Day there. You you have to keep them. You have to keep them in your top, you know, four or five, uh, or what have you, until they lose. Um, uh, for sure. So I'm going to go Penn State here, man. I think Penn State's been playing the most consistent ball out of these two. You got James uh, Franklin. You got, um, uh, you know, you got the head, I mean, the, the defensive coordinator uh, there and, and Manny uh, uh, for sure. And the way he dials up his different schemes, his blitz packages are, are something um, that are very impressive, man. And I, I just want to see, how they're going to handle, meaning Penn State's uh, secondary, how they're going to handle, in my opinion, the best receiver in the country and uh, Marvin Harrison in uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. So let's see how uh, they do that uh, uh, for sure. All right, E, um, you know what? I want to talk about – give me your top – your top four teams, you know, as well as far as going into the playoffs. And also, E, I think your top four, I, I need to get your um, your thoughts and opinions. We have four, and it's going to go to 12. Um, do you feel four is enough? 
not too many? Do you feel 12 is too many? Or what is the right number for, for you, in, in your opinion? But give me your top four if you have a top four right now. Okay, well, let me start with, with, the, with the, um, the playoff system. I, I personally think that the um, that 12 is going to be too many, but I don't think four, you know, is enough. So, like, mm-hmm. right now, I'm going to say in no particular order, uh, well, no, Georgia's one. That's a definite, I think, even though because they, they bounced back. At two, I'm going to put Michigan at two. Um, I'm trying to think because, like, there's quite a few undefeated football teams out there. But, you mm-hmm. know, none of them, none of, none of them, uh, um, you know, like, over-impressive. Um, so we got one, Georgia at one. Michigan at two. Uh, let me think real quick. Because mm-hmm. I know there were no more SEC teams in the top ten when I saw that. Um, Oklahoma is Oklahoma still undefeated? Yeah. yeah uh, no. You're, think, yeah, yeah. Oklahoma. So these are undefeated teams. You got Georgia seven and zero at number one. You got Michigan seven and zero. Ohio State six and zero. Florida State six and zero. Washington six and zero, Oklahoma six and zero, and Penn State six and zero. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Georgia one, Michigan two. I'll put Penn State at three, and I can't rank them, but I think a team I really like is North Carolina, but okay. I, I can't really you know, rank them. Yeah, but I think some of the other teams might be slightly ahead. No, no, forget it. I'm gonna go ahead and put They're North 10. Carolina at four. Because oh, wow. I, I don't, I don't believe in those West Coast teams. I mean, they okay. just—I I don't know because you know I don't get to watch them because they come on at four o'clock in the morning. But yeah. uh, so I don't—I don't really know much about them. So yeah, I'm gonna go Georgia, Michigan, Penn State, and then I'm gonna go Carolina only because I like them. Okay, good stuff there, good stuff. I'm gonna go with um, you know what? I, I think I'm gonna go with uh, at, at four. I'm gonna go. This is a tough one here because. I didn't realize North Carolina was 6-0 and until you just brought it up. They are 6-0. and They're ranked number 10. They have Texas and Oregon ahead of them at 8-9. and um, at five, Both are 5-1. and one. They've been playing well, man. I just don't think they can stomp with the big dogs, uh, if you will, in my Martin voice. Um, but I'm going to go I, – I like Washington, man. I know Georgia is the – for the most part, the consensus number one for obvious reasons. They haven't lost. They're they're two-time defending champions. But I, I I'm not. I think they lost. If I'm not mistaken, I think they lost their tight end Bowers for the year. Let me just let me just take a look. Um, I think they lost. I just want to see. I think they lost him for the years. Yeah. So. He's out for uh, the season um, with the ankle injury. So I think that's a big loss for um, for Georgia. But what, who I really like is I really like Washington. So with that being said, I'm going to go Washington number one, E. I'm going to go – I'll put Georgia at two until they, you know, they they got um, they got Florida in the next two weeks. And, ladies and gentlemen, I'm predicting Florida will win that game. But that's, you know, that's, a, that's a, another topic for another day. I'll go, um, I'll go Penn State, uh, no, Michigan at three and Penn State at four. The reason why I'm putting Penn State at four and not Ohio State because I do believe that Penn State will win. So, again, I'm going to recap. I'm going to go Washington one, Georgia two, 
Michigan three, and Penn State four. Uh, those are my top four. Obviously, it's, it's going to change because Penn State plays Michigan, and Penn State play, or Penn State plays Ohio State, and Penn State also plays Michigan State. And obviously, Ohio State and Michigan play, so that's going to change, you know, throughout the course of, of the season, uh, uh, for sure. All right, so uh, good stuff there, E. All right, uh, that's what I want to do here now, E. Is like. Um, we, we and going back to the the, the playoffs, I, I wanted to give my thoughts and opinions on the playoffs and how many teams that I think that should be in there. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't think four um, is enough because we mentioned all of these teams that we you know six and zero right now. They're currently uh, they're currently uh, eight uh, six and zero teams in the top ten, and I think that eight. I think eight would be ideal, and it's correct me if I'm wrong if you think that's too many or if you think that's the right number, but I think eight is the perfect number because, you know, maybe you give the first two teams a bye. Um, if you, and I also want to get your thoughts and opinions on, you know, implementing a bye as well for the top two teams. But um, what, what do you say about eight teams here, E, being in the uh, – in, in the, in the, uh, in the mix as far as the perfect amount of uh, playoff teams? I think eight is, is perfect because mm-hmm. you got five power five conferences, but currently you only have four spots. So just yeah. by ma- the math ain't mathing. Just by simple math, some of a power five conference is going to be left out. But if you yeah. go to eight, I say if you win the conference, you're in automatically. And I then agree. you got three. Then you got three at large. I mean, whereas some of these smaller schools that have these perfect records could mm-hmm. possibly, get, you know, get in, but it would be more so voted on by the committee. And now they're really only coming up with, with you know, three spots because if you win the conference, you're in. Now, when you go to twelve, everybody and their mama get in. And then okay. I mean, yeah. it's just I don't think it's going to be competitive for some of these schools because like every now and then you'll get a smaller school that's undefeated and they're actually good, but for yeah. all of those you get a smaller school that's undefeated that ain't playing nobody and go to right. the bowl game and get the brakes beat off them. It's not even Facts. entertaining. I hadn't really factored in the vibe, but I'm sure they could work that out. But I think yeah. eight is the perfect number. Four is not enough, but twelve is way too many. And I remember when the committee first came out and they were talking about why is there only four. They were like, well, we can't do more than that because the kids would miss too much time out of school. What happened to that? Semesters hadn't got longer or semesters hadn't got shorter. But all of a sudden now you can go to 12 or semesters still the same amount of days. I mean, how that work? That math not massive. Yeah, you know, the NCAA. A holes, as I like to call them, man, because of the fact of the matter is, they just—it's it's all about the money, man. And, and if they feel like, you know, twelve, it's going to be more games, so it's going to generate more money. It's going to generate more, you know, TV revenue. Uh, of course, we all know it's about that. So stop spitting on or, or peeing on our backs and telling us it's raining when we already know <laughs> what's going on. You know what I mean? Just stop doing that because uh, you're just insulting and, and too many people's intelligence uh, uh, for sure. And you don't have to be a college football guru to understand how that works. And like E just mentioned, ladies and gentlemen, like the, the whole academic aspect of it. Yeah, maybe back in the day when you didn't have online classes, you can you know you can do online classes now. Um, you know, that, you know, maybe you could have made that argument, well, they can't miss class or whatever, they have to be in class. I get all that. But nowadays, class can be remote from anywhere in 
not just the country, but anywhere in the world. So let, let's stop with that first and foremost. And I know when I was going to this class, um, there always has tutors with you traveling everywhere that you go. So let's not let's not use that as uh, an excuse because. Go ahead. Uh, another thing that this is going to do too, you're going to now have teams in bowls. You're going to have bowl games with teams you've never heard of. I mean, like right now, you got big bowl like the Sugar Bowl, the Orange Bowl, the Rose Bowl, the the Citrus Bowl. Those are some of your bigger bowls. You know, the mm-hmm. New Year, the New Year Six, they call them. You're yeah. going to look up at the Sugar Bowl, and it's going to be two teams you ain't never heard of because the teams that were actually invited to the bowl that should have been they're there, too they're, in a, they're in a 12-team 12, 12 playoff. So they didn't, they opted not to go to the bowl. They went to the playoff, and now all of yeah. a sudden you got, like I said, you got teams you ain't never heard of in these bowl games. You're like, who, who, yeah. who are these dudes? Yeah, but hey, let me ask you this question then. So since you brought that up, is do they do this? Do they do the the college matchups or the playoff matchups? I should say, and whatever matchup that is, they make that that particular bowl. It could be, you know, um, let's just say it could be a, a sugar bowl between, uh, let's just say a, a, a two and if let's just say it's twelve team game. I mean a twelve team uh, playoff, and you get the first two teams. I don't know how they're going to do this with twelve teams. That's just in my mind, ladies and gentlemen, that's just too many teams. But let's just say, for seeding purposes, you got one in twelve. You got one in twelve. Georgia versus Oregon State. Do you make that a big time? Do you make that a Rose Bowl? Do you make that a like? What do you where, where do you start to focus on the Sugar Bowls, the Rose Bowls, the uh, uh, the Orange Bowls, uh, you know, the Cotton Bowls? When do you start to focus on that? The closer they get to the championship games, how do you do that? I, I think initially. They'll probably do it that way because that, that does make mm-hmm. sense. But they mm-hmm. want to maximize the dollar. If they can yeah. have a Rose Bowl and a playoff, but you play it in the same venue, you just right. call it something else right. that's maximizing the money. So I think we're going to more see that. You're going to see the official Rose Bowl, when I'm putting up the air quotes game, mm-hmm. is going to be Virginia Union <laughs> and, and LSU Shreveport. <laughs> That's going to be the official Rose Bowl. But then, like you said, the playoff game between, say, your Oregon and your Big Ten champ or whatever, that's just going to be a playoff game. But it's played at that same venue. <laughs> now, I don't know how they're going to work this tournament of Roses parade, you know, how they're going to do that. But they're going to try to squeeze every dollar they can out of this thing. Uh, your brother said, <laughs> Virginia, you <laughs> uh, no, no, no disrespect to the HBCUs by any stretch, ladies and gentlemen. No disrespect, but that was funny. All right. Uh, yeah, I, I agree there, man. I, I just think that, you know, they have to throw them, they have to implement the bowl games in there at some point, whether it be early, whether it be late or, or in between, but they have to implement those. Um, I don't know if they want to, to, to demise the Rose Bowl name, by bringing in some of those lesser named schools, um, I, I just think you should just turn those the the the, the semi uh, the semifinals or the quarterfinals into those bowl games, you know, to to keep their you know to keep the the name going, to keep the um, the competition going, the viewers going as well. It's the uh, you know that's to say it's the, uh, the 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 quarterfinal Sugar Bowl Sugar Bowl quarterfinal between you know whomever, Ohio State, Florida State, just to throw two names out there uh, for sure. I think they can, you know, they can do that. But 12 teams is a lot. 
I thought they should have started at eight, and then if it was if they could work that out, and they wanted to go to twelve, then go to twelve. But cause I don't think you can go backwards. See, what say you about them possibly going backwards? Do you think once they stay at once they go to twelve, they have to stay at twelve? No, no, I think they can they can go, they can correct because like okay. going to four. Doing four, like you said, they should have started higher, but starting at four, they have quickly realized, hey, this, this ain't working. We need more than four. We're leaving money uh-huh. on the table, and we're leaving out of conference. But I don't think they should have jumped to 12. I think that was too many. Yeah. I think they overcorrected. But I do think, you know, if 12 doesn't work out, because eight is perfect, they may even just drop it to 10. But eventually, I think it will come down some. Because if you look, well, I don't know. With 12, that does maximize the money because with four, Alabama is right now sitting at number 11. And we all know from a financial standpoint, it's good for football when Alabama is good. And right now, you know, they, they would – so if you have 12, you wouldn't have to worry about it. Bama's in. But right now with four, it, that's a long way to go to get them in because what they want to do is give mm-hmm. you a good game. They give you the New Year's six. And they want to cap that off by ending the season with the best game. But if you come up with a situation where the New Year's six and with 12 teams in the playoffs, now I guess it's going to be the New Year's opinion. I don't know. But <laughs> you come up with the New Year's six, you don't want at least, you know, you don't want those games to be better than your national championship game. All right. Good stuff. Yeah. I agree there, man. I, I agree wholeheartedly there, Ian. And, and I think there's some revamping that's going to, to, to obviously take place. There, It's going to be a trial run, um, in, in my personal opinion. Uh, we'll definitely uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes uh, for sure. But it's going to, it's going to be, uh, you know, very, very interesting, man. I'm looking forward to it, man, and I can't wait to see, you know, because I don't think there's anybody going to be, if, if you're left out, then I mean, and, Unit 13 team said, oh, we should have been in the 12. Then you know what? You really shouldn't have been in the conversation if you're going to be arguing about, you know, that or your 15 or we beat this and our resume is this and the 11th team, you know, stop it. Because after, you know, in my opinion, after eight, just be happy you're in there or in the conversation. If you're not already in there, just be perfectly honest with you. All right, E, I want to do this, man. Um, we got about five minutes here. I rarely do this. We rarely get uh, enough time. We rarely get um, a chance to do this. I want to do a one-ticket segment with you, brother. Man, it's just uh, and what it is, ladies and gentlemen. I know you haven't heard it on the show in quite some time, but I want to do this, um, you know, because you know we had to unfortunately we had to forego uh, for uh, forego East uh, Entertainment segment because uh, we didn't have any, any participants uh, for whatever reason, um, for various reasons. I should say not for whatever reason, but various reasons. But I want to ask you this, E. I'll give you one ticket, ladies and gentlemen. I give four events, one ticket, and you tell and he tells me what ticket he would use that event for. This is uh, not sports related, ladies and gentlemen. This is um, this is entertainment. We like, like like we always say we like to entertain. So with that being said, E, I'm going to give this is concert, and this is going to be I'm going to give you four uh, R&B artists some of the greatest of all time, give you four. And you tell me what you're going to use that one ticket in their prime, of course. All right. First one I'm going to give you is uh, Luther Vandross. Okay. Big Luther or Skinny Luther? Big Luther. We don't do Luther. Okay, We don't do Luther. We don't do Luther. We don't do Luther. Okay. Luther. All right. Second one, we got Whitney Houston. All right. I believe the children of our future. 
Third one, we got Stevie Wonder. Thinking back on when I was a little nappy-headed boy. <laughs> All right. And the next one, we got uh, Miss uh, Aretha Franklin. So you got four concerts and one ticket. What are you using that one ticket for you? Okay, Aretha's out. Um, okay. Nothing against her, but that's, just, that's not a okay. show I desire to see. Okay. Stevie, Luther, and who was my other one? Whitney. 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 Oof. He don't know about the hell to the no. Hell to the no. <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to go Luther. I'm going to go. I think I'm going to okay. go take Luther on this one. And this was a okay. tough one because I love Mr. Stevie Wonder. But, mm-hmm. but that, 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 that big Luther was something special. So, yeah, yeah that, 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 that's a really good one there because I, yeah. I, I would love to see Whitney. I would love to see Luther. I would love to see Stevie. Like I said, Aretha, I'm I'm good with that one, but yeah, right. I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Big Luther. Yeah, man, you know that that that's a tough one, man, because you know Big Luther and like like I said, it, it's, it, a lot of people always ask me. I said, do you like Big Luther, Lulu? Luther? I'm like, who's where was Lulu? Luther? Where did he sing? And you gotta look it up. It's Big Luther, Big Luther. Gotta go with Big Luther. We don't do Little Luther. <laughs> but Big yeah, Luther man. With, so the, I, with that Jerry girl. With that Jerry girl. That Jerry girl, boy, for sure, man. But I, I think I might go Whitney, man. She has some hits, man. She has some dance hits. She has some, some ones that you just know every single word to. Not the thing I didn't with. Um, with uh with with Big Luther, but Stevie was my guy too, man. Stevie was my guy. I mean, I just called to say. I mean, uh, it's just the list just goes on. But I think I know a little bit more about Whitney's music than I do Stevie. And Stevie was my guy. It's still my guy. So I'll go with uh I'll go with Whitney. I'll go with the voice as as they call her for sure. All right, so good stuff there, E. All right, E. That's all the time that we have, man. We held it down on our own, man, uh, for the full two. Uh, that's what we do. All right, uh, like I always like to do, ladies and gentlemen, I always like to leave you with a saying. Uh, tonight I'll leave you with this: it is it is during our darkest moments that we must focus to see the light. Right. All right. For E. Scott, I am K. Walk for Sports Talk with K. Walk and E. Scott on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. God willing, we'll talk to you next week. Yo. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.